We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dubar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You guys know where to follow me on there, so I'm just going to continue to plug the YouTube channel, Seahawks Man to Man on YouTube. Make sure you go subscribe. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at C. KIDD206 and that's CKID206. And for our YouTube viewers, it's right there. You can see it below me. So, boom. All right. We are coming to you. I'm about to say live. We're not live, although we're working <laughs> on a live show. Updates coming soon on the live podcast. Uh, it's coming, coming before the season starts. We got it coming. Um, like I said, details will come soon. Anyway, uh, it's late Thursday night. The Seahawks just got mollywopped by the Bears 27 to 11. At home at Lumen Field, uh, it was very ugly. Um, the Seahawks at one point were down 24 points, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the, the starters did not score any points in like seven drives in the first half. It was just a bad game. Just bad game. Just bad. Oh, oh, defense wasn't great. Special teams was bad. Offense was bad. Um, just a really bad night. And it's not even that we're overselling it right now. Like Even Pete Carroll was like, yeah, we got a lot to learn from this game. All phases. Guys weren't tackling. Weren't catching the ball, uh, weren't making kicks, weren't covering kicks. It was, I mean, Jacob Eason sailing balls all over the place uh, in the fourth quarter. If, you, if any of you guys managed to uh, just suffer through that uh, final thirty minutes, it was, uh, it was, it was rough there. Um, Chris, Chris texted me like in the first half or whenever you text first second, I was like, I might turn this off. <laughs> I will at this at at some at uh, I think it was in the first half. I was like. I'm not gaining anything if I turn it off now. That I'm not going to miss out on Eason doing much. I mean, they're going up against third and fourth stringers. So at this point, what am I really learning or gaining? No, I just at, at at that point, I, I was kind of done with the game. I there was nothing to like. Oh, this is going to keep me watching. Gino was done. It was bad, man. The performance was not what I expected. I don't have much words for it, man. It wasn't exciting at all. 
No, not a lot of big plays. And it wasn't even like because the Bears are out there putting some a bunch of all pros. They had a bunch of dudes fighting to make the roster, too. It was like yeah. fringe guys versus fringe guys. And uh, Seattle's fringe guys were just not, not very good. I will say this. I want to open with this before we get into some of the specifics. You got to know who did not play. You know, DK Metcalf played about three snaps. I think Tyler Lockett played three snaps. That yeah, they the both first. played three. Yep. Yeah, it was a first series. Um, the starting offensive line did play, though. So there, there is that. Charles Cross, Damian Lewis, until he got hurt with the ankle sprain. Uh, Austin Blythe, the center. Uh, Gabe Jackson, veteran right guard, did play. Um, and then Jake Curran started at right tackle. And then after a few series, Abe Lucas came in. So that you got your starting line there. Uh, Will Disley played a few snaps, but, like, not much. And then Noah Fant uh, played a few series uh, as well. So you, you did have some of the starting offense out there, but not for very long. And then on defense – um, you actually had a decent amount of guys on the starting defense. You're only missing because, like, Al Woods played a little bit. Quentin Jefferson, Shelby Harris, Daryl Taylor. Chen and Wasu was in there until the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oof. That's yeah, nice. Shelby was in there, I want to say, till late second. Maybe I think maybe the early third because he made a play. I'm yeah. trying, I don't remember it, but I remember hearing watching him make a play and hearing his name. So, But regardless. Yeah, the, so the, the those defensive starters played a little bit. Quandre and Jamal didn't play at all. Um, Jordan Brooks didn't play at all, and then Sidney Jones did not play at all. So you had some pretty significant guys also not play on that side of the ball too. So just kind of keep that in mind. Like I don't think that the product on both sides of the ball will look the same as it did uh, in some of these preseason games. Like I, I think Freddie Swain played, but outside of Freddie Swain, you didn't have DK, Tyler, Marquise Goodwin, or D. Eskridge. So that's four of your supposedly top five receivers out of the game no Rashad Penny no Ken Walker to third so like you've got a lot of guys who are going to contribute who aren't playing you know and the last question of Pete Carroll's press conference was hey Peter you worried just because of what the product looks like and he was like I'm not worried about how our product has looked you know Pete kind of was like you know I'm just kind of worried not worried but he was like I just want to make sure the guys who aren't playing are ready to play when it is time because though he's like there's a lot of guys who ain't playing that are going to contribute greatly to the team. And he's not wrong about that. The four highest paid people on the team, Jamal, Quandre, DK, and Tyler, are all not playing. You know, so that's that that is important. I see that there. But that's also why like I'm not super worried either at least in some facets. Like some guys just couldn't tackle. Like Marquise Blair could not tackle today. Marquise Blair will not play a lot of snaps in the regular season. You know, he just won't be out there. Um the run defense was still like okay um but then it didn't have jordan brooks out there so i'm not really worried about that some of the pass rush stuff was still good justin fields was under under duress a lot of his snaps that he played uh and what do you know the first team defensive line was out there so you know not a lot of big plays in the passing game one of the big ones that they did have i think the guy in coverage is who's number 48 i don't even know who that is uh for the season oh a backup linebacker i forget his name but i know who you're talking about joel dub DeBlanco, yeah. I'm not if he's making mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not. I'm not really worried about that. You know, so there there wasn't a lot to be worried about uh, in that regard with some of the starters that were out. Like, Quandre's going to make tackles. Jamal's going to make tackles. Jordan Brooks is going to make tackles. Um, the corners will be decent. Although the corners were fine today. You know, for the most part, uh, I thought that Michael Jackson was fine. Tariq Woolen, I don't even. I think got targeted maybe once. Kobe Bryant was fine. Didn't I think Justin Coleman played, but nothing really egregious there. I actually thought the pass blocking was fine. Like 
for the most part, I, I got to look at the third and 15 that Gino took a sack on. Uh, but for the most part, I was like, oh, some of this stuff actually looks okay. I'm not ready to panic uh, quite yet with some stuff. Special teams. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, man. Either you're going to be on the team or you're not. That's what. That's basically what people are saying. Hey, we got to figure something out because it is terrible. Guys aren't where they're supposed to be. We got to move as a unit, not just one play, one person doing their own thing because that screws everything up. Yeah, special teams, man. It's It's been rough these first two preseason games, to say the least. But I am a little concerned about the offense and defense, just a little bit. And it's mainly because you have you've seen this recipe. You've seen how this is not just, oh, it's the backups. This happens with the starters too. They make they take bad angles, they miss miss tackles, big plays are made here and there, explosive plays. So it's it's a small sample size, and I get it. But deep down, I'm like, damn, this could be something that rolls over. Because guess what? The Seahawks are gonna be playing starters, they're not gonna be playing backups. So it, you know. We talked about off-wax. The Seahawks might have the better talent on the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball, but it comes down to matchups, right? You could have DK and Ty Lockett on the outside, but if the quarterback is unable to make certain throws, does it really matter how good your wide receivers are? It becomes now more of an issue. It's like, damn, we can't even get to the ball because our quarterback's not seeing it. He's throwing it late. But I will give credit to Geno today. The throws that he was making, they were all... Pretty much, they were good. The guys just were dropping passes. I yeah, can't he really. He some good throws, yeah. He, he had one bad throw. He missed Bo Melton over the middle. That was. Okay, yeah, that was a bad one. He also yeah. threw one behind DJ Dallas. I think it was like third down. That would have probably right. that got was him. A, that was a first down. He... First down, okay, the one they threw behind DJ Dallas. But, for example, that cover two between the corner and the safety that he threw on the left-hand side. Beautiful ball. I mean, he could have let him a little bit more so, so Penny didn't have to turn around and catch it. But overall, I thought Gino played okay. It feels like this the offensive line the the offense is like sabotaging Gino to not win the starting job. Everybody dropping passes. I'm just like, damn, can Gino catch a break? Drew's not even playing tonight, and you guys are not even giving him an opportunity to to score a touchdown. Has Gino? Oh, he did score the first preseason game. He ran it in, but it's just been really rocky. I would say. Yeah, Geno's led, I think, 11 drives, uh, not counting the, the final one in the first half today. That was just three checkdowns um, to DJ. He's he's led two scoring drives and 11 drives. That's not a not a good number. Although, to, to, to be fair to him, he led one that all Jake all Jason, uh, Jason Myers had to do was make the kick. And that, that would, would help. <laughs> yeah, that would be three. Like, that's out of Geno's control. But, like, Geno hasn't thrown a touchdown pass, you know, in, in 11 drives. You know, that that's not great. I, I'm with you on the worry, specifically with third down. I think. Oh so. yeah, that. Thank you. Yeah, that was atrocious. Uh, let me see if I have it uh, in front of me here. It's somewhere. They were not good today on third down on offense. At one point, they were one of eleven. <laughs> yeah, that was, and I think they were one of seven with Gino. They finished four of nineteen. Like that's that's a problem we've seen for years. Bro, that, that is a Russell Westbrook shooting stat. Yeah, that's that's four of nineteen is pretty bad. Like that's a poor date, man. <laughs> and 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 the, here's the other thing to worry about. It was a little bit of everything too. It oh was yeah, drops, It was uh, penalties. There's a sack in there. A bunch of penalties. Yeah, for some reason Charles Charles Cross just had a bazillion false starts um, today. That was bad. He had a holding penalty as well. Like it was a little bit of everything on third down. Like one of those was like 
Charles had one on like third and one and third and goal. Uh, false starts. Like, come on, dog. Like, that's that's you don't want to say. I like when he when he didn't commit a penalty, I thought he was fine. I got to look at the tape, but I thought he was fine. Other than the holding call, which I got to look at. But yeah, for the most part, third down, that's where I'm like, dude, you fix the pass protection, you switch quarterbacks, and you still can't convert on third down. That was pretty. Uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty rough, man. There was some things that like that's one of those that I don't think Tyler and DK are going to fix, or or having Will Disley. I think that the third down stuff could be legitimately rough. Now, hopefully, you're throwing to better players on third down, but it's like, you, you, I, I, I'm that's the one thing where I'm like, oh, this could <laughs> that could be that could be a little rough. But this is the conundrum. I think we might have mentioned on the show before the preseason is like. You want to play DK and Tyler because like 60 to 70% of the damn passes are going to go to DK and Tyler this year. You have a quarterback battle and you haven't seen Drew Locke throw any passes to Tyler or DK in a game. Zero. You haven't seen, you've seen, you haven't seen Gino do it in a, in the preseason. You see him do it in the regular season. So you kind of got a feel there. Like that's tough, man. If, if he's throwing like Jacob Eason threw it like 50 million times to Kevin Cassis. That is that that's not helping you evaluate anything. Like, no offense to those guys, like good for them getting that burn. You know, that's they're playing in, you know, in a preseason game. Jacob playing in front of his hometown, uh, for his hometown team. That's good for them as like a story, but you're talking about just for the franchise, dog. That is those targets ain't helping nobody. You know, J- uh, Bo Melton got 11 targets. Now he's a draft pick, so that matters a little bit more, but like some of those need to go to DK and Tyler in the preseason. Aaron Fuller got 10 targets, all from Easton. <laughs> That's a lot of targets to guys who aren't going to make the team. Um, so like that, yeah, that, that, that worries me a little bit. Um, but I do want to talk, let's talk about Gino for a second here. Um, you touched on it a little bit. Yo, I'm starting to feel bad for Gino a little bit. No, that's what I was saying. It feels like they're self sabotaging homie because he's, he's giving guys opportunities to make plays and they're not making plays. They're just making him look not good enough. <laughs> I hope yeah, that makes sense. That line, man, like, dog, that ball hit Freddie Swain in the hands. Yeah, Freddie got to catch that. It was a great ball over the middle. Perfect. It was a great route, great ball. He just didn't finish. Like, those are the plays that DK is going to make, Tyler's going to make. But in situations, maybe that play is for Freddie because things are covered up. Defense are going to key in on Ty Lockett and DK. So those are – that's a little bit of a concern if Freddie's dropping it in preseason games, right? That's – yeah, that's what I mean by sabotaging Gino. Like they're not giving him an opportunity to be great. He's, yeah, he's giving him an opportunity to get on, stay on the field. Man, they dropping. Uh, Derek, did okay. Uh, I didn't get a good look at the replay on this one. Did Derek Young drop the one? So after Penny Hart's big one, mm-hmm. you know, goes right back that side of the field. Yeah, he him. dropped it. Dropped that. Okay, I could. Yeah, the see. defender got his hand in there, but you got to be strong with your hands, and I thought he should have held on to that. It was definitely a drop. You can say, oh, defender got his hand in there. He did, but you got both hands on it, falling to the ground. You just got to finish out the play. Derek didn't do that. There's a drop there. Penny Hart had a drop. Um, somebody, I think Bo Melton might have had two drops. Yeah, Bo has been dropping a lot of passes this preseason. I think he dropped two in the first game, and I'm pretty sure he dropped two or three. He dropped, he dropped a touchdown from Easton today. Uh, I know he dropped one from Gino, and then he did drop one. He dropped a third down catch against the Steelers. I talked to Bo after the game, and he was he was he was like he not wasn't like down on himself, but he knew like 
I gotta catch the ball. <laughs> yeah, you can't be down on yourself because that affects you how you play in the next game. You gotta just move on. But at some point, you gotta figure it out. Maybe get some stick them. You gotta make the plays, baby. Because yeah. you wanna make the team. Because you're a seventh round pick. Like your spot is not guaranteed. And when you're not catching passes that are intended for you and they're good balls, it's tough for you to it's tough for the team to make a case for you being on the squad, even the on the practice squad. So that that's just unfortunate. Yeah, so the other thing with Gino is that why drops are so problematic for a guy like him is Gino, and I said this before, and I rewatched the All-22, the coaches' film of the Steelers game, and I, I got a pretty good view of pretty much every throw he made outside of the third and 15. Uh, I Gino's thing is that he can operate the offense. Like if he, he can go to the line, set the protection, see what the defense is doing, knows where read number one is, knows where read number two is, knows how to peel out of the pocket if you need to uh, at that point. Like, he can do all those things, but he needs everyone else to be doing their job too. Like, yeah. he's probably not going to consistently overcome guys not doing their job, whether that's missing an assignment in the blocking, whether that's uh, dropping passes, running the wrong route, whatever. Gino is just good enough to just, like, do what is asked and then have everyone else do their job too, not just elevate everyone else's play or overcome some, some poor play. So when you have guys dropping it, or if you have guys getting false starts or holding penalties, that's where Gino is really at uh, operating from a deficit there. Like every quarterback would be, but like you give, you give Patrick Holmes third and 17, he's going to figure some shit out, right? Cause he's that great of a player. Uh, Justin Herbert makes throw, you know what I'm saying? Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, like those guys, even Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. It's like, Hey, the chips are down, but I'm going to make a play. Cause I'm me, I'm him. You know, and those are, that's what the elite Russ is like that too. That's what the elite quarterbacks. Gino's not quite there in that regard yet. If you just ask Gino, hey, bro, and he just drop back, trust protection, make this throw, he'll throw one like he did to Freddie. But then Freddie don't catch it, then he's not in rhythm, and that just throws the whole thing off. Uh, and that's where I think that Gino, they're really doing Gino a disservice there. Cause like when you just watch the scheme and watch the plays, it's not like you're like, damn, what was Gino thinking? Or oh, man, Gino really fucked that up. You're not saying that. Real really. simple stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, like he can just do what's asked, and that's that's good. That's not gonna win you a Super Bowl or anything, I don't think. Uh, but when everyone else is just not functioning, I think like it's almost to the point where Pete should consider playing DK, Tyler, Noah, Will in this game in the in the third game against Dallas. But then at the same time, I just watched Damian Lewis get carted off the field, you yeah. know, ankle sprain. So like it's a really bad. This is also why I don't think you should have a quarterback battle in the NFL. Um, because you have to make these type of calls. Preseason for like college is different because you doesn't know you know there's no preseason game. You just go week one. Like in the NFL, you have a quarterback battle. That means you need to make everything fair, play all the receivers, play all the old linemen, um, and you just can't do that because then you get guys carted off. You know the, they they don't make any money in the preseason. They get like five hundred bucks. Like the hell's DK gonna do with five hundred dollars, right? And I think that money's taxed. <laughs> like that's come on, man. Like what are, what are we doing with that? Like that was that's where. We're not, we're not even really getting to see a good look at what Gino could be or Drew, you know, who apparently is really sick uh, with COVID. Now, Eason, man, somebody tweeted me during the game. They said, Mike, is it just me or does Eason look better than Gino? I usually don't respond to stuff like that. I, I tweeted that dude back. I said, it's just you. <laughs> like, it. Uh, one of the homies texted me. He was like, Bo, Bo Melton has... Or no, he said Aaron Fuller has ten has three catches for thirty four yards on ten targets. So he said, <laughs> he said uh, these receivers aren't very good. 
I said, no, no, no. The guy throwing them the ball is throwing the ball into the first row. <laughs> I don't know if it looked that bad on the on, on the TV copy, but there was some throws there from Jacob where I'm like, bro. Yeah, he threw one into the – I was like, damn, man. You, you, are you throwing it away or are you trying to throw it to somebody? It was really confusing. He I couldn't tell. Like but he had one – his last throw, I want to say, uh, was like a goal line fade to Fuller on fourth down. That almost went into the first row. I'm like, come on, dog. Like, you – that's 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 not you. Like he just here were some of those throws where he just seemed like he just wanted to show off how strong his arm is. And maybe that's some jitters. You know, usually when guys are nervous, they throw it too high, um, you know. But man, there was a like you look at some of these target numbers, Bo Melton and Aaron Fuller combined for 21 targets. And, like and they only they only finished with seven catches. And it ain't because they can't catch. They each only had one drop ball each. I think maybe two. Um Unless you, uh, depends on how you want to classify Aaron's catch in the end zone. I guess technically that's a drop if it hits you in the hands uh, and, you know, come down with it. But like it was, that was pretty rough out there, man. He had a, a uh, Easton had a play, I think it was a slant, like a post to this uh, Kevin Cassis dude. But that ball was like seven yards uh, over, is number 86. Like seven I yards remember looking at my iPad and counting like incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. I was like, God damn. Are we going to complete a pass? Yeah, every Jacob Eason ball was like a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. It wasn't touch on any of them passes. And it was just heated. Yeah. Jacob said that after I watched his press conference just now on my drive home. Or I listened to it and say I was watching it while I was driving. Uh, but, yeah, he was like, yeah, I got to put some touch on some balls. I was nodding my head like, uh, yeah, man. Like, you're throwing lasers, you know, when you're in the soft spot and cover two. You're just throwing heaters. Like, come on, man. That was a – that was about as bad as I thought it would be when I saw Drew Lock got COVID. I was like, wow, Jacob's going to play the entire second half, and this might be rough. Not because Jacob like, can't throw, because Jacob has probably – Jacob probably threw more passes tonight than he has all Ever. training camp uh, yeah. with in 11-on-11. Obviously, he throws in one-on-ones and whatever. In 11-on-11, he's probably thrown about – he's probably had like 30 snaps in like 13 practices – Today he threw 35 passes. I'm pretty sure that's more than he's thrown uh pretty much every or throughout training camp. So I just knew he wouldn't be prepared and he 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 was not, man. That was uh that that's a shame we didn't get to see Drew because this is when we needed to see what Drew would look like. And instead we got a bazillion targets uh and pretty much no yard. Jacob Jacob threw it 35 times and threw for only 141 yards. That is, oh, that that's 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 pretty brutal, man. That's uh, yeah, this is bad. This is bad offense. This is, this is bad offense today. I, I'm running out of adjectives to describe. Yeah, it was. <laughs> when I texted you, I was like, man, I don't know what I'm gonna say on the pod at this point. Like, what is what stood out? I mean, there was a couple of flashes of uh, Thompson. He jumped over dude. That was exciting. That was good. That was good. But it was. I'm like, damn. Can we just get to the regular season at this point? Because yeah. right now it's it's tough, man. And yep. I go, I know guys are fighting for jobs, but it, the product wasn't good. Yeah, and that's we talked about this before. Uh, that's my other thing. Sorry to cut you up with the receivers, man. Yeah, oh. real quick on the receivers, man. I thought one interest, one good thing out of DK not playing, Tyler not playing, um, Marquise not playing. D not playing is actually bad, but like for the rest of the receivers, you know, Cody Thompson's out with a shoulder injury. 
Like, all right, cool. We can see what the other guys can do. And these guys acted like they're not fighting for a job. Like, guys, yeah, these balls are hitting these guys smooth. And the only person who dropped like a really tough one was Aaron Fuller. Um, and was I, behind him. Yeah. Yeah, where he had to jump in the air. Um, and he just kind of came down really rough. Like, it looked like he got hurt, um, honestly, on the play. That was a rough one. I still expect you to catch it, but everybody else was just dropping really catchable stuff. And it's it's who was dropping it. You know, usually I, I love the feel good stories of like a guy balling out in the preseason, like we saw like a Keenan Reynolds do in the past, or you know, J- uh, John Arsua or Casey Williams, like guys who have played really well, like they're fighting for roster spots. We just not seeing these guys acting like their spots are um, solidified. You know, I really wanted those some of the fringe guys to to ball out, and the, yeah, it was hitting them smooth in the hands, man. Stuff we're not seeing in practice. See, there's not a lot of drops. Um, in practice, it's guys who are catching the ball in practice and then dropping it on the field. That's the worst type of thing for a coach because you can't really coach that up. Like you're catching it in practice, so I got nothing to yell at you about. You get in the game, the ball hitting in your hands, and I got to cuss you out. You know, yeah. that's that. That was a who was dropping the ball was pretty, um, pretty, pretty uh, unfortunate to watch. Man, these are guys who need to really need to be perfect even k k johnson muffing that punt yeah that was tough like that's how you don't make the team especially yeah. when you're undrafted too like that's you, you're undrafted you, and they drafted two receivers this year yeah you you gotta you gotta make those plays you know catch the punt secure it those are things you just can't have happen and that's the tough part about the nfl one play can literally have you out the door yeah, it's, didn't Aaron Fuller muff a punt against the Steelers? I think they recovered it, but uh, Aaron had a muff punt in week one. Like, these guys are – this is just – this is uh, – yeah. To Larry – Pete Carroll was so mad about special teams after the practice that he was like, yo – or after – yeah, after the game, he was like, man, look, some things and some people are about to change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like we're he made that pretty clear. Like we we we're about to cut some guys. <laughs> if guys can't tackle and guys don't want to protect the football, you, you won't don't play. Need to be here. Forget yeah. playing. You just don't need to be here. Like even with the tackling situation, this is a really rough tackling day for Marquise Blair. I think he missed like four tackles. Um, I don't know if they talked about it on the broadcast, but uh yeah, that's not a guy who should we out here missing tackles, man? Pete today was like, we need to see who is missing tackles. He's like, it ain't an epidemic. And it's just, <laughs> it's just a few guys who ain't wrapping up. So we're going to see who those guys are. And if they don't tackle, we'll get guys who will tackle. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Yeah, I, man. Ooh, Pete mad. Yeah, as he should be. He has goals and expectations for this team. And when they're not doing the fundamental things, just tackling, right? You can, there are certain things that you can recover from and work on, but tackling is so, is such a big part of the game. If you can't do that, regardless of your first string, second string, or third string, there's really no space for you on the team. You have to be able to tackle to play defense. If you can't tackle, you can't be on the field. Like yeah. you're not playing. <laughs> like yeah. that's the that's the biggest thing. Like, okay, you might give up six yards, but can you make the tackle? Because that tackle could prevent a first down if he's able to catch it on the six yard pass and then gain four more yards. That's important. And if you're not doing that, yeah, Pete's gonna look at the film and be like, Yeah, we're gonna have to let you go. We've seen yeah. this two straight weeks, we've seen it in practice, we've taught you how to tackle, and you know, for whatever reason you haven't picked up on it. Unfortunately, we gotta we gotta make a move. We're going to wave you. We're going to cut you. And that's what it is. So that it's very, it, it sounds harsh, but that's the reality of this game. You have to be able to make a play and make a tackle. And for the past two preseason, preseason games, there have been guys that have missed tackles and haven't been consistent. Yeah. I think uh, that is, that is why I'm so comfortable calling this like a yucky game. Ain't because there wasn't a lot of points or big plays. Guys just weren't doing fundamental shit. Like, there were 13 penalties on the Seahawks today. That's absurd. And the Got Bears it? had two. Uh, yeah, uh, three, three for three. The these guys weren't holding, uh, weren't holding on to the ball, weren't uh, playing disciplined football. That's what the penalties, and then weren't tackling. That's inex. All that is, and if you get beat for a touchdown or something, like hey, anyway, just football. The other guy, the other team gets, you know, pays their guys too. Um, yeah. It ain't but 500 bucks, but the other team pays their guys too, you know. But if you're just not doing the, the basics, man, that's 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 really troubling, man. I hope uh, Pete, Pete's in a tough spot because I know he wants to see what the young guys can do, but at the same time, week one's coming, and I don't yeah. know what the Broncos look like. I haven't really watched or read about them, but like, unless the starters are going to come in and look like Superman on week one, like that, they're, they're they are liable to get it. it, it embarrassed in some regards uh on week one but we'll we'll see what happens in the third preseason game um, real quick though i've been reading on the broncos and russ looks fine oh, <laughs> two yeah, minute drill two you know, minute drill bro. cooking the defense scoring touchdowns i'm like cool so russ is he's he's okay <laughs> yeah russ with russ with 10 healthy fingers is fine Ten <laughs> NATO can confirm uh, uh, on on that. Uh, so I I put out a call for Twitter questions uh, after the game. You guys are sickos because I put that out at about 10 p.m. and they just came flooding in. <laughs> oh, it don't matter, man. People are you know you know the drill, man. We've been doing this for years now. You know the drill. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let, there were some good questions, by the way. Uh, I appreciate you, sickos. Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's let's run through some of them. All right, here we go. So this one's from Zach at Z-G-E-Bale, B-A-L-L-E. I hope I'm not chopping that up, but I probably am. So, Zach, I apologize. How much risk are Pete and John in if the team we saw tonight is close to who the Seahawks are during the regular season? I've always assumed that they were safe, but if Gino Drew stink and the team wins two to four games, could they be fired, asked to resign? Um, yeah, I don't think, uh, even if it got real bad, I don't think Pete would get fired. I think, uh, Jody would let him like resign or something like that after the season, probably with John as well. But I, I don't think this product, we talked about it to open the show a little bit. 
I don't think the product will look to the point where they get embarrassed. Like this, they got embarrassed today. This was an embarrassing uh, game. Again, it's not like the other team had Patrick Mahomes, bro. Trevor Simeon played. A, Nathan Peterman played in this game. Oh, Nathan looked ass. I'm gonna just throw that out there. Nathan Peterman played in this game. That's, so that that that's pretty rough. Um, I, I I do think the defense was okay in some regards. Like uh, I think on a yards per play basis. Chicago wasn't very good. I'm looking down at the stat sheet now. It wasn't a lot of explosive plays given up. Pass rush looked decent with the with the guys I expect to look decent uh, in the game. Rushing, the, Chicago didn't run all over them. Uh, Chicago was also bad on third down. I think it was four of uh, twenty or something like that. So there was some. You know, there was a few PBUs in there from the, um, the DBs and the Seahawks. So I don't think this product will look like that. If it does, though, not just because of the score. Like, if they get embarrassed in a few games, I was talking to somebody about this. You get embarrassed by the wrong team, you will look very bad uh, if you're Pete and John. Like, go get go get smoked by the Lions or something, or the Falcons. Like, that's that'll be that's when it's like, yo, you know, or go get smoked by the Giants or the Jets. They play some teams where like losing would stink, but getting blown out would cost some people some jobs so i think the only only concern would be if they're gonna get blown out by some bad teams but i i think with 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 a healthy jamal adams healthy quandre healthy jordan brooks dk tyler they should be competitive in pretty much all the games they should be competitive in so maybe get smoked by like the bucks in germany or something like that you know contenders the rams you know maybe but other than other than that i don't think john and peter are looking at like a two and 15 season this one's from our boy Ryan Turner at Turns 44. What up, Ryan? Overreaction Thursday. It was brought up during the broadcast by Lewis Reddick on ESPN. Where the chance the Seahawks starting quarterback is not on the roster? Yeah, I don't think that that happens. That's just you're asking way too much. Like some quarterback, they're still installing stuff now with guys who have been here since the spring. So you can't just ask some guy to just even if it's Jimmy, who's been in the league for a little bit. I don't even think he's been in the league longer than Gino. Um, you can't just ask any guy to come off the street with like a week's preparation and and start. That's tough. I don't care how long you've been in the league. Honestly, Brady would probably come in here and be a lit. The, the timing would just take a little bit, you know, to get used to DK or Tyler. Yep. Stuff like that. I, th- I just think it would. You see it in the Pro Bowl a little bit, too, where guys don't have the timing down. And those are the best guys in the league. It's because... A, they're all hungover during Pro Bowl practices, and B, they don't know each other. You know, so I think you that's unrealistic. I think the percentage of that is like five that the starter is on the team. Like if Pete did that, that's real desperation. I think they would only do that if Gino and Drew were just stinking up the joint. And again, Drew, uh, we haven't seen Drew much, but I don't think Gino has been stinking up. I think Gino has been like, okay, he's been Gino. You know, he's, he's just not getting help. <laughs> yeah, he's not getting. It just looks like Gino. It's it's not like bad or good. It's just he's operating. He's doing what's asked, and then stuff around him is not like super great. And yeah, it's just it, offense isn't like super dynamic. But they need the run game. You know, they're missing half the damn good players on offense. So I'm not really. Uh, I don't think it's, they're hitting the panic button on that yet. Also, don't think like Jimmy G would come in here and save the day. Like, I, I think even if he did have the offense down, I just think that he's got some deficiencies in his game, too. Mostly a lack of mobility. That would probably be a little bit of an issue as well. So, yeah, I don't think the starter, the 2022 starter is on another team right now. This one's from B. Russ. 
this is an offensive and defensive question. So why are we not seeing significant changes on the offense and defense? Defensively, looks like the same concept. 3-4, are they waiting for the regular season or did they mislead us entirely? And then offensively, what about pre-snap movement? Obviously, we should avoid any and all screens. We saw that today. Unfortunately, they threw a screen to Noah Fant that just lost three to four yards. That was bad. And then jet sweeps. I saw one in the third quarter. What are we doing? Uh, I think that, well, on defense, it's going to be a really vanilla scheme. I mean, it is different for what it's worth. It does look different this year. Um, some of the stuff that looks different is just little nuances. But really, all defenses look pretty vanilla uh, in the preseason. No one wants to give away, like, their blitzes or their disguises. Like, you just, there's no, like, real tangible benefit to, to putting those things on film. Like some guys you need to evaluate with certain looks, but you just rather do it in practice uh, where no one can see it. That's why a team like Seattle doesn't really do a lot of joint practices uh, either. I don't think they've ever done them under Pete Carroll. So uh, I, that's why on defense, it, it does look, it, defense was never going to look super new anyway. Clint Hurd has said that, Pete Carroll has said that. They're just doing a lot of the same things with just people who fit the system a little better. That's why they got rid of their 4 3 defensive ends, brought in outside linebackers paid all their uh, uh, nose tackles to make sure they have a true nose in there with Brian Monet and Al Woods. They just, they're, they're running a lot of the same stuff, just with different personnel, but it's all just going to be pretty bland. Offensively, they're really never really going to do anything much different. Uh, they just switched quarterbacks, but the offense has always been, at least with Shane, it was a little, his plan was a little different, you could tell with Russ, but for the most part, these guys, ain't nobody going to say it, but they're basically like, hey, we're going to do what worked for, like, Jared Goff in 2018 when he was cooking, really cooking. You know, we figure if they can go to the Super Bowl doing that, so can we. Why can't uh, we? Yeah, you know, and that offense wasn't, like, super dynamic. He took one read, he threw it to Robert Woods. Robert Woods picked up 40 yards, <laughs> you know. And then, There's a PA boot over the middle for Robert Woods or Cooper Cup. Yep, and then they get to the they get to the red zone and hand it to Todd Gurley. And there you go. That was that was the offense, and they went to the Super Bowl. Like, legitimately, that was the offense. Uh all year and they were really good i think jared goff went to the pro bowl so but they, even the offense is going to be vanilla uh, as well they're not even getting a lot of plays on offense because they can't cover any third downs um, so uh, there's that i think it'll look more dynamic every offense will though like it's you kind of have to just do the basics and do them super well in the preseason and that's why it's pete's probably so frustrated because like damn man we ain't even doing anything complicated <laughs> And we're not moving the ball. So. Simple stick routes. Yeah. Cats is dropping passes. What, what are we doing, guys? Yeah. This, <laughs> this they can one fall into the first row. Yeah. yeah. Not, so it, it will look more dynamic. It's not going to look totally new. Um, they should stop running screens. We talked about that last pod. We don't have to belabor that point anymore. Um, I'm also not a fan of the jet sweeps um, right now. I don't think they're not catching anyone off guard. You know, for real, that's that's when they are most effective is when you catch the edge guy sleeping and then you have really good edge blocking. But like if you don't have that, you're just going to pick up two yards you know? and there's nobody on the team that I think really you need to hand the ball to. I'm going to do that. I would like to see D. Eskridge do it, but D's hurt. Other than that, I don't really I'm not dying to see anyone get a get a jet sweep other than other than Eskridge. Because I just think he's he's really dynamic in that way. Honestly, if you're going to run them, you run them. To like DJ Dallas, you know, honestly, more than any of the wideouts. Uh, I, maybe Bo Melton. Bo Melton's uh, good with the ball in his hands. But other than that, I ain't dying to see jet sweeps. And I, I do. I, 
Uh, I might go pour some coffee on Shane Waldron's pants next time he calls another screen pass, dog. These, these screens are just... Yeah, my whole discussion and argument last episode really backfired when I saw the screen. I was like, golly, you guys just make me sound like an idiot, man. I'm I'm standing on the ground, standing up, rooting for you guys to run screens because you can get it done. And what do you do? Run a screen, loss of three yards. Yo. <laughs> nah, just stop doing them. Just stop. There's no reason to run a screen. Solve it. Don't do it. This one is from Prime B Rory at Prime underscore Rory three. Why is it every year it seems like the Hawks are the most penalized team in the league? Why can't they do anything about it? Well, the answer to that is you probably watch the Hawks the most, so you see the more mo- most of their penalties. Any Cowboys fan would tell you, "Nah, man, we got that crown." Uh, the Cowboys are really bad with penalties. Uh, I think the Raiders usually are pretty bad um, too. That that's that's just a perception thing. If you watch one team more most often, you'll think that they're the best or the worst at a thing because you see them the most. Um, part of that is a screen game too. Like everyone watches Seahawks games that listen to us, so it looks like the Seahawks are the worst screen team ever because that's the team they're watching uh, the most. Uh, but yeah, the, the penalties were bad today. But like last week, they had like two or three, whatever it was. So it's not that bad year to year. Did that? I think the Cowboys are. Way worse. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't care. Look them up. But that's a perception thing more than it is actually like the Seahawks are super bad at penalties. This is Pete's Air Monarchs, and he has a couple of them. Who do you expect won't be on the field in week one due to injury that we know of now? Who makes the wide receiver group? And lastly, is D. Eskridge alive? Oh, that's messed up on D. Yes, D's alive. Um, I understand the injuries have been frustrating. I would like to see more of them. Um, I think he could be back next week, though. Um, I hope he plays a lot of snaps uh, against the Cowboys if he is back. Uh, the receiver room, my guess, would be Marquise, D, Tyler, DK, Freddie. You can only keep five receivers. That will be my guess, um, which also makes the quarterback battle, again, pretty frustrating because they ain't throwing to none of them guys right now. <laughs> Freddie is the only guy of that group that's getting targets, and he dropped one, and then the other one got batted at the line uh, on a slant, which he should have, he probably would have caught uh, for a first down. That was also a third down play. Uh, so I think those would be the receivers. Cody Thompson would have been an, um, an outside shot to make it, I think, but he's done for the year now. So um, hopefully Cody gets better. I don't even know how he hurt his shoulder, uh, to be honest. Uh, what was the other one there? The other one was. Who do you expect will not be on the field week one because of injuries that we know of now? I'd be a little worried about uh, Kenneth Walker. Um, when you have a, what do you have? He, he, Pete told me he had a procedure, which ain't a surgery, I guess. I'm using air quotes for the people listening on Spotify or whatever. Procedure, surgery, whatever the hell. It, that was on August like 16th or whatever. That's, I mean, that's, that's troubling. The season starts in less than a month. Um, so, I could see a world where they're kind of careful with with that, you know. Because I mean, if it's a if it's a hernia, that's tough. That could be a hold of the month. So he's a guy I would imagine, you know, without getting a diagnosis from a doctor or anything, he's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he's not if he's not on the field. Also, I'm wondering about Trey Brown uh, as well. I would like to see Trey Brown get on the field, but doesn't seem like he's making quick progress to get back on the field, which is a shame because I would love to see him in some of these preseason games because the corner room looks. It looks competitive, but at the same time, like they're playing Michael Jackson a lot. You know, Jamison Houston do it a lot. Like I would rather see some of those snaps go to Trey to see what he can do. 
how worried should we be about Charles Cross seeming penalty addiction? And this is from uh, Bob the Sarcastic. Yeah, no, nah, that's that's just that's not addiction. Uh, bad first game, bad game with penalties. It happens. He's a rookie. If it happens again, then we worry. But right now, just chalk it up to a bad game. He was like super clean and damn near perfect week one. Really sloppy week two. That's what happens with rookies. They're not consistently as good week to week. Usually they have ebbs and flows. Let's see what happens week three. I'm not too worried about that. And also, I guess I gotta look at the tape, but Charles can block. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the good news. When he's not false starting, boy can block. So he's holding his own for sure. This one is from the homie Paul Martin, P. Martin, Katie, Texas. Win loss predictions for the Hawks after this uh rough preseason. Um, I don't I don't think this impacts. I still think six and eleven is like my like fallback answer without knowing the quarterback. I think the quarterback matters a lot um in that regard. Uh but yeah, I'd probably go about six and eleven. I think the D I think they have a lot of games that look like the Steelers game uh from last year and the Saints game. Those were games that were just dog fights, really close. Good. Not a lot of yeah, not a lot of explosive plays, and then had trouble going to win it at the end. You know, G, uh, Gino ended up fumbling against the Steelers in overtime. Like the game went to overtime, and the score was like twenty-three to twenty. Uh, the Saints game was like thirteen to ten. You know, neither team could move the ball very well, and that's before Jameis got hurt, Jameis Winston. Uh, so I imagine a lot of games that look like that. Uh, in at that point, you just need the ball to bounce your way. You know, uh, or just if it doesn't bounce your way, you lose. I think, yeah, I would say six and eleven. They probably beat the teams they're supposed to hang with some teams that they should hang with. And then probably a couple of blowouts here and there. Who do we want as first pick in the draft? Young or CJ? Might as well get the debate started now. This is from Ghost, Ghost, Ghost. I, I don't think we should actually should get the debate started now at all. <laughs> I would reject the premise of that. Uh, one, because I don't watch a ton of college football, at least not now. Um, and just be wary of like the kid who's the hot hotness right now man i feel like this time last year who was the hot kid this time it was uh it was the kid from oklahoma didn't he end up uh spencer something uh spencer like rattler or something riddler oh riddler yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like he was the hot name this time last year boy don't fell off the planet maybe he's uh, is he the kid is at usc right now i don't even know doesn't matter um so but even then go look at the uh the dolphins from that one year there was like tanking for tua that year you know then joe burrow just comes out of nowhere pretty much and then the dolphins end up getting to him and then nobody wants him there um they spend half the time like fawning over deshaun watson and like getting teased because they didn't take justin herbert so i think i think we just got to be patient you know there's like I, cam newton entering his season at auburn probably was not thought of highly or thought of as being like the number one pick boom he has like one of the best individual college seasons you'll probably ever see uh, and ends up being number one pick. So I'm really, I'm weary of just like honing in on any one guy right now uh, at this time. You got to let the season play out. These kids are 20, 19, 21 years old. Uh, who knows how they're going to pe- uh, perform or if they're going to be healthy. And Ratua ended up breaking his hip or something like that. So I am not really too invested in those rookies right now. If you really want to read about some of those guys, the homie Nate Tice at The Athletic has a breakdown of the quarterbacks from the 2023 class. I believe Dane Brugler at The Athletic does as well. Um, if I can help you guys find those links, maybe Chris can drop them in the show description or something like that. But other than that, I'm not really looking at that. Like if we're 
if you're already looking at like them having a top 10 pick, like boy, you're in for a long season. It's going to be real, real, real long. And Chris, you did not make a prediction in the last question. Oh, yeah. I'm going to stick with eight and nine, which is probably (laughs) it was seven and 10. But I was like, man, I'll, I'll give them eight and nine. The defense might be that good that, I mean, it's a lot of pick sixes and a lot of game winning touchdowns by your defense. They're, they're good for one. Can they do three or four? I don't know if they're Baltimore, but I'm going to go eight and nine, which is a stretch. I know, but have a little faith. <laughs> a lot of faith there, brother. That is a lot of faith. Hey, sticking with your guns. I, I can absolutely. I can this one is from Pokey the Unicorn. How hard is it going to be to watch every game this year? Oof. I still enjoy watching football because I am a football nerd and I'm glad I have adopted that because football nerds can appreciate it little nuances of football and you don't need everything to be like super splashy. Sometimes you can just can appreciate a good block. Like if you notice on some of the plays like today, Miles Adams had a sack, the defensive tackle. The first oh, thing yeah. I did was tweet about Alden Robinson. Why? Because I watched Alden Robinson fly past the right tackle forcing the quarterback i think it was trevor simeon to step up and into miles adams and i was like wow that's a good pass rush right and it's not something that shows up in the the, the, the raw stat sheet at all it's just something i was like intrigued by or if you even noticed my tweet on geno smith's throw to penny hart i didn't tweet anything about penny hart not because i don't like penny hart it's because i was watching charles cross just clear the left side you know for geno to step up have time to make that throw or one of his throws maybe it wasn't that one but I end up tweeting like Charles Cross is nice or something like that. So when you're looking at those things um, or if you're just watching Kobe Bryant play the nickel spot, which I thought he was good at today, um, those things will be fun throughout the year, uh, whether it's Charles or Daryl Taylor, you know, watching Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams will be fun. Um, like I said, I think these guys will be competitive. I don't think there'll be many games that look like this where they get just, just wrecked. Um, I think the, the, the couple that they're – uh, in danger of are the Rams games and the Bucks game. I have to look at the rest of the schedule, but those are the ones, or maybe the Raiders uh, as well. Like those, those are like the four that I think they're in danger of. And then one of them will be in Germany. So even if, if I'm out there in Germany, I don't care if they get blown out or not because I'm over, you know, I'm overseas. So uh, I think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too worried about how it'll look. I would like them to change the rule on the alcohol in the press box. That's the, if we can get that changed, that's that's it. Come on, Lumenfield. You can do it, baby. We all adults in there. We, nobody's gonna get hammered, you know. Still got a job to do. Yeah, a couple beers here and there. We'll be all right. This from this one is from N Lerma 3. Any positive takeaways from the game? Yeah, yeah, actually there were again. I think Kobe Bryant is like legitimately fitting in at nickel. Like, and that's that's just out of nowhere. I didn't know he didn't play any outside corner at all today. Um, I mean, he did on like that goal line fade that he defended, which was also really good. Uh, defended, broke up a touchdown, uh, nearly had a pick on an out route. Like there was some good Kobe plays today. Uh, Michael Jackson made a, a few good plays uh, today out at corner. You know, I think he, uh, I don't know how much he'll play in regular season, but uh, the pass rush again was good. Go watch every snap that Justin Fields played. That boy almost died back there damn near on some of them. And no wonder he only played like 10 snaps or whatever it was you know their coach got him out of there quick so yeah i think there was some there was some positives in there not not a ton uh but i do think abe lucas i have to watch him again but i thought abe was fine in run blocking and pass protection again 
uh, for the most part. I thought they were still able to block pretty well in the run game when Damian Lewis went out and Phil Haynes came in. You know, I think Phil's a good good run blocker. Uh, Charles pass protect uh, pass protection was, was good. Uh, Gino made some decent throws uh, in there. So yeah, there was a, there was a few, but not yeah not much. Yeah, that's that's probably about. Oh, Darwin Thompson has a good, Travis uh, Travis Homer's been running the ball really well. Uh, I will say that. I think Travis had, I think Travis averaged like eight yards. Like, no, Travis averaged like 10 yards a carry in week one and then averaged like eight today. Like, uh, yeah, I think Travis Homer for the preseason averaged like nine yards a pop. I don't know how much he'll run the ball uh, in the uh, in the regular season, but like if Rashad's going to, you know, get hurt or if Kenneth Walker is going to be hurt for an extended time, they are going to need Travis to run it. And so I think that is encouraging that he's he's looked pretty good. I'll combine these two. These are from Jared Westby and Texas Southern Girl. What the hell happened to Pete's tackling? The Hawk tackling, that is. And then how do you fix tackling issues? Yeah, tackling is tough because you coach it up in, in practice, but you can't get a guy to the ground. And as Pete was kind of explaining after, after uh, the game, it's like not everything is the same. Sometimes guys are meeting the guy in the hole and you just got to form tackle. Sometimes guys are flying in from depth and they're just trying to take a guy's head off. Um, which is what's happening with Marquise Blair, it looks like, on a few of those. Um, I thought in game one, Nick Ballore looked pretty rough tackling. I thought that was the standout, and Nick didn't play today. Uh, that's probably notable. And then today, I just I, I, I keep track of all the missed tackles, at least the best I can, and I usually put, like, the player, and then I put MT for missed tackle, and I underlined it. I had a lot of 27 MTs today. Like, that was in the run game. Uh, in the past game, I was pretty worried about that. Marquise also had like a helmet-to-helmet play um, on a tackle in the open field. I think Marquise had some good tackles. Shoot, I think he led the team uh, in tackles today. I think he had like eight. Uh, he did, yeah. He had eight total tackles, six solo, which led the team. Uh, but I thought outside of special teams, he was the guy I was most concerned with with the tackling. And... I was really concerned about that because this is our first podcast after the Ugo trade. And they basically have given up on Ugo in part because of Marquise Blair, Josh Jones, and Justin Coleman. Uh, and, and Kobe Bryant playing. And Nick. Kobe, yep. They're basically like, oh, we have no use for Ugo. Well, Ugo wasn't out there missing a bunch of tackles either. He wasn't out there like saving the world with his tackling either, but he was. He was sound. His problem was he seemed like he always had a, a penalty on third down, like a defensive holding call most of the time. Man. Yeah, it just seemed like every game it was like they get a third down stop and like, oh, holding, 28, defense, automatic first down. You're like, damn, man. Uh, so, yeah, the tackling is pretty, pretty rough. On special teams, it's been pretty rough. Uh, I think the tackling by the starters was kind of okay. If you look at some of those run stops, like Uchenna had some good tackles. Uh, Daryl Taylor had some good tackles. I think the guys who are going to play are tackling okay. That that for the most part seems all right. I don't I don't know if there's anyone in particular standing out that I think is like a going to be a, a big time contributor who's out there whiffing. Like I said today, I think was not a good day tackling for 27. I think when he watches the tape, he's going to want a lot of those plays back. I don't really I don't I'd have to watch the replays to know what he's doing wrong. Um, but I mean, for the most part, if you ain't tackling, you're probably just not wrapping up well. You're not wrapping well, up. Uh, you're not driving your feet. Uh, so, yeah, that's a problem. 
because that's Marquise's thing that he can hit hard. He forced a fumble on the first play. Yeah. You know, but if you notice on that one, he squared up the, the kickoff returner and then went low and did it was a perfect textbook thing. Textbook went out the window uh, on some of those other ones. So, yeah, he's he's a guy I'm a little worried about. Other than that, I thought uh, there wasn't anyone else who stood out in the tackling, which makes sense because Pete Carroll after the game was like, again, it's not a tackling epidemic. There are certain guys missing tackles. We need to figure out who those guys are and either fix it or get guys who can replace them. Another one by Jay Westby. Did Drew Locke help himself even though he wasn't playing? Gino wasn't overwhelmingly overwhelmingly inspiring in his play. Yeah, that's a good question. I think that he helped himself a little bit in that Pete has no no choice but to start him against Dallas. Like Pete said he doesn't know what he's going to do there, and I believe him. But if I'm Pete's advisor, A, I'm asking for a lot of money. B, I'm going to tell him, dog. You got to play number two. Or, yeah, what number is Drew? Yeah, Drew's number two. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, he used to be three in Denver, I think. Um, he's like, yeah, I'd be like, dog, you got to play number two. Just see what he – play him the whole game. If, like, give him 60, 70 plays with the starters. See what he can do. You have to. You owe it to yourself. Like, I think Gino is probably the better quarterback. It's probably the better bet. Um, I literally bet on him. Um, but – uh, independent of the bet Chris and I have, I would tell Pete, you got to play number two. You just give him a shot. You you got to give him a shot. You got to give him a lot of plays too. I would like do at least give him 50 plays. Like give him 50. Yeah. Plays. I would expect next Friday for Drew to be out there to the third quarter. That's kind of the, my thought process. That way you saw Gino for two quarters. Drew Locke, unfortunately got COVID missed this Thursday's game. Now you get a chance to see him against the Dallas Cowboys for three quarters, and then you evaluate and you you pick a guy who you're gonna roll with for Week One against Denver. Yeah, Drew, I think, please. I think uh, that was that was Chris praying to the football gods that uh, Pete picks picks Drew. Yeah, because Geno's played eleven drives and has played I think four quarters now. I would like to see Drew get four quarters and. Uh, at least 11 drives. I think it's, it might be 12 drives. So that's I want the number there to be to be split, and then I want him to get some reps with the ones. Um, that includes I want him to get reps with Austin Blythe, uh, more reps with Charles Cross, Abe Lucas, Jay Curran. You know, obviously can't get any with D. Lou, um, but get some with Gabe Jackson. So yeah, I think I think Drew. I don't know if he helped himself. That's probably not the word, but he he probably made it more urgent for Pete Carroll to start him. Like he's. Th- this performance made it so that Pete has no choice. I think, like he has a choice, but like he has no choice. If that makes sense, he has to see what he has in Drew. Because if he's not gonna do that, then there's no point in playing Drew at all. Mm. If that's the case, if you're just like he's not gonna catch Gino, then okay, just play Gino against Dallas, and then make sure he's got the reps with the ones, and then throw him out there for step. Last one. High come down by Prince Kofi is a cool song. Who chose it for the theme music? You or me? Uh, did I pick that? I can't remember. I think you did because you had a tie. Because you want we wanted to stay local. I know I know that part. Mm-hmm. You're like we should stay local with music, and I was like okay, bet. And yeah, I'm, I'm 99% sure you were like yeah, I think we got a song, and it was High Come Down. Yeah. Okay. That's by the way, that was from Hawks fan 206. So shout out to you. Yeah, that we do love that song. We love yeah. it. It works. Shout out to the homie David. Uh, I think his stage name is uh, 
think Kofi Mac or Prince Kofi. Uh, yeah, I think it's Prince Kofi. Prince Kofi, yeah, K O F I. Yep. Uh, yeah, shout out to David Osai. Went to uh, Wazoo uh, with me and Chris. Um, yeah, man, love that song. Um, I love the the flip of the uh, the uh, Evelyn King. Um, what's the original? Love come down. Love, yeah. Cause that jams too. And then if you hear if you hear how David flipped it, man, it's a uh, that's that's a good record, man. So yeah, I, I appreciate everyone who tweets us and says what's our song. I love tagging David. You know, uh, that makes his day, man. When uh, people are are uh, searching his music, it's like an old song from now. We've had that for a few years, but yeah, we've had it for yeah, it's been a minute. I just I just see no reason to change it unless David makes another banger or someone else makes a banger that we really feel like fits our uh, our podcast vibe here. So yeah, shout out to uh, who's he said Hawk two hundred six. Yep, that that acts that yeah, man. That's a uh, appreciate all you guys actually. I I love that song. I love hearing our just our intro. And just bop into that uh, as it comes on. Well, there you have it. Man, it's the first time we did Twitter questions right after a game in a while. So get used to it because we're getting back into the swing of things. We'll have another pod coming out next week as Seahawks finish off the preseason, taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Hopefully we'll see more positive things. Maybe Drew Locke will play up to three quarters. We'll get a feel for this quarterback battle. But other than that, Mike, is there anything you want to add before we shake? Uh, yes, again, I'm going to repeat, live podcast details are coming. I mean, live where you guys can attend, not just like live streamed on YouTube or something like that or Twitch. Live where you guys can attend, the uh, the the details are coming. They're on the way. We are working on it. Uh, once we have it finalized, we'll send it out to the masses. We're just putting that in your guys' ear now. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, again, sometime before the start of the season, before you guys tune out because uh, <laughs> the team gets bad. Uh, so, yes, very excited about that. We'll announce details as soon as we can. Be on the lookout for that. Keep bugging us about it. Comment on it if you're interested. Uh, leave some comments in the YouTube channel, whatever. Tweet us, DM, whatever, um, if you're interested in attending a live podcast. Uh, we're very excited about trying that out for the first time. Other than that, Chris is correct. We'll be back after the Dallas game uh, next Friday. Um, hope to see you sickos back there with us. Uh, <laughs> Try to record after that as well. So then, we're out. You see, I don't have to drive me if you say that for your mama. Maybe you should smoke some. Me try the marijuana. I was never you good. The vibe was straight. Shows you a couple of things and they finish changed. I treated you right. Everything was a gift from a time to your bag and a color. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.